I, uh, I'm like coming home right now. And uh, grew up in Chicago and uh, had a chance to play college ball. And uh, it was always good to come home. You know, and sometimes when you came home, uh, a lot of your friends that you grew up with wasn't there. But the main people that you loved would always be there. And, and so that's what it's been like to, to come home. I, I, I look for faces uh, that I served with when we were at Denver campus. And, and uh, just, just to show you something, uh, who was here when we first arrived over at the middle school? How many people? Okay, look around, guys. Because uh, I want to I tell you something. Uh, <clears throat> God has his hand on white flag. He has his hand on white, on white flag. Uh, because uh, by right, if, if we were, uh, according to statistics, uh, our doors could have been closed any time. But, but somebody's been praying. There's been a group of people that's been acknowledging the Lord, giving everything to the Lord. Amen? Amen. And, and uh, regardless of the storms that we've been through, and, and I say we because I'm, I'm a part of you. Uh, <laughs> I grew up with Sean and Kurt and Nathan and, and Julie. We are. Uh, we prayed together and cried together. It's going to be hard for me to get through this, but uh, the Lord has given me a heart of, uh, to give you my heart for encouragement. Uh, and I'm going to get through it. Uh, I, I, I like did not have a good night of sleep last night because the Lord just was speaking to my heart. And I finally got up at about four and uh, I just came to the table and, and just sit there. I said, Lord, you know, uh, the old saints used to say that man speaks to God, and God speaks to man, and he teaches man how to speak to man. And, and I had to just do business with the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> it was a good time, you know, just to sit there for 25, 30, 40 minutes and, and give everything to the Lord. Lord, forgive me of my sins and my shortcomings. Wash me and cleanse me of my iniquities. Prepare my heart uh, to not say the words that I want to say will put words in my vocabulary to come from heaven. And, 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 uh, and, and that's what I wanted to give to you. As, uh, as Bradford was speaking, uh, <clears throat> man, we've seen so many people with that uh, announcement from, from, the, from the podium that the Lord is sending us out. He, he's sending us out, and, and we had plans to have a dog and a, and a baby and, and a home, but he's, he's sending us out, and he's not giving us a five-year plan He's given us time enough uh, to get resources together and get out of here. And, and that's the urgency of the world that we're living in right now. Uh, <clears throat> I, I looked at a scripture. I'll, I'll just read it to you. And I noticed by heart, but it says in Luke 18, 1, then he spoke a parable to them, to us. And men ought always to pray and not lose heart. That is to say that, that when we pray, we're going to believe what we're praying. And we're going to give everything uh, to God in prayer. But at the end, it says, I, I tell you, and he's talking about the, uh, the unjust uh, king uh, that did not want to grant uh, the wish of the widow. It says, I tell you, 
He will avenge them speedily. He's talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, when he comes back, would he, will he really find faith on the earth? And, and, and that's, the, that's where we are right now. Uh, our white flag, city of Denver, uh, God's church. Are we going to believe uh, when, it's, when it's time to pray, when, when it's time to uh, open up the doors of our fellowship? Uh, are we going to believe that the Lord is going to uh, supply our needs? Or are we just going to lose faith? Are we just going to go through the motions and, and say, you know what? Uh, I, I pray, but I just don't believe. Or are we going to say, Lord, I believe. Help my help unbelief. And I, uh, <clears throat> I've had a chance to uh, oversee uh, our prayer ministry at Calvary. Uh, I don't know why. It's just that uh, maybe it was my mom. Dad died when I was seven years old. I've spoken to this about my friends. I was seven and had a, two, a little brother and a little sister under me and an older brother and an older sister over me. Uh, <clears throat> I remember at times at seven uh, being at graveside w- with my mom and not knowing exactly what was going on, but uh, just looking at my mom become a widow instantly. Uh, <clears throat> Dad was a Christian before he left. Uh, this well, and uh, I noticed my mother uh, when she realized that she was on her own. I, I noticed her become a prayer warrior, and there were times that uh, we grew up in. After Dad passed away, we grew up in the projects of Chicago, and uh, <clears throat> Mom gave everything to the Lord, and I was too young to understand what was going on, but I I, I would always see her on her knees. Uh, praying for our children. And uh, I was living a teenage life for an inner-city uh, young man and uh, in front of her acting like an angel and uh, couldn't wait to get out from under her eyes and doing whatever I wanted to do. And Mom would pray for me. And sometimes I would come in uh, at night and pretend to be asleep because she would be on her knees while, we, while I was out uh, and she would come into my room, and she would put all on my feet and my head. She would pray over me. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was just something that I caught, because uh, the Lord has spoken to my heart about prayer to encourage my, my, my brothers and sisters in front of me this morning to, to pray and to not to faint. Uh, here's a quote that uh, I, I just, just took to my heart. He said, uh, <clears throat> It's from a pastor who is now in heaven. He says, I often say my prayers, but do I pray? I, I often, Lord, lay me down to sleep. Remember that one? Amen. Get in bed, jump in the bed. I often say my prayers, but do I pray? And the Lord says that we're always to pray and not to faint. I wrote the note that it's easy to find ourselves asking in the wrong fashion. What would that be? Is it God's glory? Is it for his glory in our prayers? Or is it for the new car that we need? Uh, Is it, Lord, would you supply uh, the needs for our church? Oh, Lord, uh, would you give me a raise so that I could get a bigger house? 
Thank you, bro. He looks so much like his dad. <laughs> Both of them boys just, uh, they tripped me out, man. Thanks for that, Jared. You know, uh, <clears throat> here's the other part. Are we, are we asking in the wrong fashion or looking to the wrong person? And, and sometimes, you know, when we get in a fix, uh, instead of calling up uh, the Lord, we'll get on the phone and call up our boys. Say, man, you wouldn't believe what just happened. And, and, and he or she is never going to give us the advice that we need because we need counsel from the Lord. We need to go back to uh, disciplining ourselves to pray for all things, about all things. I, I titled the sermon uh, or this text or this encouragement, uh, Reclaiming Our Legacy of Prayer. And just want you to, we're going to be flipping through a few pages and how much time I got, Sean? <laughs> I'm learning from you. How much time I got? Hey guys, uh, the last time I was here, okay, I got, I'm 10 minutes fast, it's 11.15. What time, really, tell me, give me an idea. What time do we get out, though? What time do we get out of church? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> oh, I won't do that. The hook, give me the hook, okay? Hey, guys, I grew up in the Baptist church, Chicago. So, I'm, I'm going to just... Latest secret on you. I knew when I was supposed to be out of church. And like, I knew when the pastor was going over. And I love the pastor. But like, 1.30, brother, you got to be out of here. <laughs> and that's what I thought about when, when I asked you guys that. I would never do that to you. Hey, guys, turn with me to Genesis uh, 39. And, and I, I want to start in the, uh, in the Old Testament. And I just want to talk about God's coverage. I was listening to Brother Kurt, and uh, man, guys, uh, I, I wish I could just, I, I had the time to tell you uh, about the legacy of, of, of White Flag. Uh, I, I remember when Brad and uh, Rachel were in front of uh, the Denver campus, and they came over to, uh, to make their first visit. Official visit. They were not dating. And uh, uh, I just looked at them and said, man, you guys are just meant to be together. Next thing I know, they get married. <laughs> Ashley was a little lady. She's grown, you know, she's grown now. Uh, we used to put signs on Colorado Boulevard on Sunday mornings with the arrow pointing to uh, services. And we would pray right there uh, on the corner. Uh, before we put our signs up. And uh, in the beginning, it was just the, uh, Pastor, Pastor Sean wasn't here yet. It was Pastor Louis. Let me just tell you what God does. It was Pastor Louis. And Pastor Louis moved on to take uh, another pastor that left and went to New Zealand. Pastor Alan Johnson came in, and uh, he had a season. And then the Lord sent your pastor as of right now, Sean and his family. A beautiful family. And uh, it was tough. It was tough. We had a little room uh, that in the basement because everywhere we went to pray, uh, they would put us out. <laughs> you know, like we, we had some cool places. 
to pray, like the little lounge, we had a little lounge, and then the, uh, the consultants would say, you can't stay in here. And so we ended up going downstairs to a little uh, mechanic shop downstairs, and that was our prayer room. And, and guys, uh, it, was the, it was the, you know, surgeons, uh, Pastor Sturgeon says that the, the, the prayer room is the furnace of the church. And, and we used to heat that, literally heat that little room up. It was dirty. Uh, it was rickety stairs going down. But, you know, we would come down there and we would pray and we would give our hearts. Just like what Kurt, when he started to cry, we all would be crying. But I, I'm telling you this is that a lot of things came out of that prayer room. Uh, we had uh, Chris and uh, Scott Schultz that had just had a grandbaby that was uh, near death. I remember that. I remember them crying and, and giving everything to the Lord. We, we had uh, a, a miracle uh, with Julie and, uh, and Nathan, with little Caleb. We remember them praying over there for their, their, their child. And sometimes you're able to hit them in the corner and ask them for the testimony on that. We had a new pastor uh, that was just new to the congregation, and, and the Lord kept us together. Why? Why? Uh, it wasn't because of money. It was because of our love for the Lord. And, and guys, if I can encourage you right there, is, is that uh, pray for your church. Pray for your church, guys. You know, like, like take that. Uh, and, and whenever time you start showing up, we'll, uh, develop the prayer team that says, you know what? We're going to meet uh, 15 minutes before service. We're going to grab Pastor Sean. We would always grab Sean and pray over him every Sunday, every Sunday. We didn't care if he got tired of us. He probably did. But we made it a point to pray over he and his lovely wife. And his children when we could catch up with them. I mean, but, but put that in your schedule to pray for the community that God has placed you in because prayer changes things. Where, where God guides, he provides. I was just listening to the, uh, uh, for the food pantry. That, that needs to be spoken to the Lord in prayer. Right? It needs to be spoken to. Everything that we do should be spoken to the Lord in prayer, guys. And I'm not saying get all crazy, start jumping off the wall. But I, I think that, that I, I heard an old pastor uh, say that we need to reinvite God back into our church. We, we've changed the culture of, of prayer. Uh, the, I, I read where the old Methodist church, didn't, they never had coals to, to heat up the church. And, and you know how they heated it up? Through prayer. In a room. That, that room would be heated up because of the hot prayers of the saints that would come in and warm up the church. True story. That's the attitude that we are reclaiming right now. We're reclaiming our legacy of prayer. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to read this to you. Uh, Genesis 39, 21-23. I thought I was there, but I'm a couple pages away. I'm there. So it's about Joseph. Joseph has, uh, you know, you know the story, guys. And you, this is a, 
a serious Bible teaching church. Joseph has been promoted in Potiphar's house. He has resisted uh, his wife as she has tried to lure him into temptation. He has been falsely accused, and he has been put into prison. That's a lot of stuff going on. Let's just say that kind of stuff is going on in our lives, right? Uh, we're facing things like that outside of this, this wall right here. And, and, they, and they are, there is. There's just weird stuff happening all around us. Uh, let me tell you the position that you and I need to be in. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Even during the circumstances that, that Joseph is in, the Lord showed favor. Verse 22. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. Because of Joseph's relationship with the Lord, that man, that prison guard, put his trust in Joseph. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Why? Because the Lord was with him. Whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. It wasn't man. It was the gift of the Lord. And, and that's the foundation that we are standing on right now, guys. You know, I, I, was, I was sharing, I, I believe it's okay to share with you, uh, over at Calvary on Wednesday nights, we have something called Give 10. Uh, we started it sometime. Pastor Ed started it from uh, Jim Cimbala. Uh, he said that uh, we'd give 10 minutes to the Lord for prayer. And, and you would think that uh, we wouldn't run into our oppositions, but for some reason it was the hardest thing for Wednesday night service uh, to the point where some people uh, decided not to come to church on Wednesdays. And, and that's called opposition. Uh, for some reason they just didn't want to break up and pray with people that they didn't know. And if that's the challenges that we're going to have to face, then it's going to take a team like this right here uh, to say, Brother, I'll pray with you. Sister, I'll pray for you. Just like when you came up and laid hands upon Brad and Rachel. It's going to take that kind of discipline in our lives to instill prayer daily. The, the, the prayer that Kirk was talking about, when someone comes in for food and he never met him before, and the Lord gives them fresh prayers. That's where we are right now, guys. Our, our country and our city needs fresh praying people that will not judge them. It's just, hey, brother, let me pray for you. That's where we are. Amen? Check this out. Has anyone, everyone heard of uh, E.M. Bounds? E.M. Yeah. E. Bounds. E.M. Bounds was, uh, everybody, I'll give you an update right quick. E.M. Bounds, and I want you to keep this date in mind. This is a good story. E.M. Bounds was born in 1835. He died in 1913. Okay. Uh, he was a he, he was a, uh, an attorney that gave himself to the Lord, gave his life to the Lord, and became a chaplain for the Confederate Army. He wrote nine books on prayer, and he spent his last 17 years of his life uh, writing about the power of prayer. Excellent books to get a hold of. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so, Ian Bound is in heaven. 1913, he's gone, right? He's gone from the face of the earth. 
Then comes a Leonard Ravenhill. You guys heard of him? Another serious pastor that was born in 1907 19, and died in 1994. So during Pastor Hill's, uh sermons in the 90s, before he passed away, uh, he's, he's sharing with this congregation about E.M. Bounds. And, and, and this is breathtaking. E.M. Bounds had three children that were still living in the 90s somewhere in Alabama, in the state of Alabama. He, uh, he had a son that was 95 years old, another son that was 91 years old. He had a daughter that was 85 years old. This is in the 90s, okay? So, so uh, Pastor Bounds is gone, okay? So many years later, Pastor Ravenville says, Ravenhill says, and by the way, his 91-year-old son just gave his life to the Lord. Guys, that's the power of prayer right there. Can you imagine, can you imagine how powerful that man was praying for his family? That's the power of prayer. I mean, after he had uh, been gone from this earth, God gave grace to his son, his middle son, to live 91 years old in order to give his life to the Lord. And I don't know about you, but my grandmother used to say to me, she said, son, there's small graves and there's large graves. And, and I call that grace, when someone can live to be that age in order to say, Lord, here I am. What must I do to be saved? That's the example that we will take right now when it comes to reclaiming our legacy in prayer. The question I asked of you after that right there is, are we taking time to speak with him privately and corporately? Are we spending the time that is necessary to discipline ourselves uh, to pray? I remember uh, just living in the projects where, where mom, uh, people would mock my mother because she, she took a Bible and her kids to church. We, we were like, wasn't no softball on Wednesday nights. And I, I would have a game, uh, a baseball game or a basketball game, and I would send my buddies up to ask my mom, Ms. Ramsey, can, even, we have a game tonight, Wednesday night. Can he play? And my mother said, he's going to church. He's going to church. That's the, she just took that stance. And you know he was going to be in church on Sunday. 1.30, bro. 1.30, pastor. I got to go. I mean, but we were in church. But, you know, she made time to, to speak to us about uh, speaking to the Lord privately in our prayer closets and corporately in our church. And, guys, uh, we're going to compel, I'm going to compel you to, uh, to begin to pray uh, for your pastor, for your leaders in the church, uh, for, for the needs of the church, uh, to the point where people will say, you know what, white flag, those people pray. They believe in what they pray. It's something different about the life that they're leaving right now. And I want to be a part of that. And that's what God has us right now. As a pastor that said, no man or woman is greater than his or her prayer life. No man or woman is greater I don't care who you are, 
you're not greater than your prayer life. Joseph's life had to be strong. I want you to look at uh, one more thing in the Old Testament that uh, as we talk about prayer, well, let's go to First Samuel chapter 1. It's my, one of my favorite stories when it comes to the speaking to the Lord. Our sister Hannah. First Samuel 1, verses 8 to 20. I'm reading from uh, New King James. Everybody there? Just say amen. Hey, guys, like, I do still have a Baptist background. I, I like gospel. I do. I, like, I still like gospel, you know, and like, and I just, you know, my dad used to sing in the, uh, in the gospel quartet. I would travel with them. Back in the day, guitar, all they had was a guitar and four guys singing. I would go everywhere with my dad. And uh, it still stays with me. And so I don't, I, I love it when you say amen, because I'm like, I, I won't keep going, but you know, at least I know that you're with me. So don't, don't, don't be thinking that the brothers are not a foreigner. I, I'm like, I'm real, man. I know you guys are real as well. Samuel, Hannah, then Elkanah, her husband, the husband of two wives, mind you, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? He's trying to comfort her. Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Can you imagine all those questions? Am I not better to you than ten sons? <laughs> right on. <laughs> right on, Jody. Again, no man or woman is greater than his or her prayer life. I mean, sometimes, and remember what I said, uh, you know, sometimes we approach things uh, asking the, in, in the wrong fashion and looking to the wrong person. And sometimes man can't help us. Man can't help me with my problems. Only the Lord can help me with my problems. So Hannah rose after they had finished eating. She was disgusted and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. He's just observing and she was in, check this out, she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Let, let's see a picture of that right there, my brother Kurt. Actually, what you saw from Kurt, you, saw, you might see from me, but you would see from all of us uh, when we would pray together because that's just the way we roll. We, we would pray, we, we, we would cry out to the Lord, crying out to God. I like what she says. She said, and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She poured out herself to the Lord. And then she made a vow and said to the Lord, O Lord of hosts, if you would indeed look on the afflictions of your maidservant and remember me. Guys, it's, it's important that we ask the Lord to remember us. Lord, please don't forget me. And that's just a cry, a, a, a cry that that's my, that's my prayer daily. Lord, please don't forget my wife and, and my sons. And please remind them that, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. There's no one like you. Both boys have college degrees. They, they have uh, master degrees. But I, I, I won't be satisfied until they come all the way back into the house of the Lord. 
They're intelligent young men, and they're good citizens. But somewhere along the line, uh, they got sidetracked with uh, the goodness of the Lord. And, and so one of my prayers is to remember them. Just much like Ian Bounds had to be praying for his son to allow that, young, that man to go to 91 years of age. Guys, that's a long time. And you know what? I stare across the street from a, a retirement building, and, and a lot of people in their 80s, it's hard for them to speak. It's hard for them to take care of themselves. I, I pray for them. I, my prayer for them is, Lord, those that are strong, touch their lives. Those that are weak, help them. But you get a glimpse of where I'm coming from. 91 years of age. That's grace, guys. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the afflictions of your maidservants, look, look upon our afflictions and remember me and not forget your maidservant. But we'll give your maidservant a male child. Then I, what? I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. She's making an oath to the Lord. I have a note right there that says, only God can help. It's that conversation. Uh, you know, I, sometimes when I'm praying, I'll pray for someone at the altar, and I'll ask the Lord to let them have the conversation that Saul had. You remember when Saul, uh, before he spoke to the Lord, he heard a conversation that the men with him didn't hear. Let us have that conversation. Speak in my ear, Lord, that I know it's you. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her. Some guys, remember, some guys, sometimes guys, when we're uh, having a relationship with the Lord, when we're in prayer, somebody's going to be looking at you to be critical. And it's up to you to say, my trust is in the Lord. My, my trust is in the Lord. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm at the lunchroom table and my head's bowed. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the Lord for a moment during my lunch. I'm, I'm sorry if I offended you, but my hope is in the Lord. Th that's the attitude that we must take, guys, in order to claim our city back. Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, and her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. He's accusing her of going the opposite way. So Eli said to her, how long would you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. This is the difficulty in the opposition that we're going to face in our prayer time, guys. We're just going to face it. You know, you even might face it. You may face it from family. When, hey, can I say the verse before we eat? Oh, man. You want to say the verse? Just don't take too long. You offended me by saying that you wanted to say the verse at the table with me. And sometimes we just have to stand our grounds, guys. Amen. Amen, Amen sister. He accuses her of being drunk, false, false accusation. But Hannah stood her grounds. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. And that is the 
that is that place that we're talking about privately and, and corporately. Uh, you, you know, I, the last time I was here, the Lord just moved me out of our prayer room and, and told me to go and pray with uh, Pastor Sean and, and, and the church. And, and we, were, we were back in the little wall in the corner. And it was so sweet. We were cramped up and uh, there was like some noise. People were outside, you know, just, con- just, just talking. But it was a place to be where we could corporately pray. And, and guys, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like just being on the battlefield uh, with other believers and, and pouring out your heart to the Lord. There were tears, there were tears in that corner. Uh, it was dirty. You know? I mean, it was a place where we, no one goes. But that's where we need to be. We need to be where nobody can find us. That way you can pour out yourself to the Lord. Pour your soul out to the Lord. Hey, uh, I hope Pastor doesn't mind if I do this, but I have a footnote on there. I wish that someone would read it for me, please. Romans 8.26 concerning. But Hannah, I'll read it again while you find it. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of of sorrowful spirit, I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Would you read 826, somebody, please? Someone? Stand up, sister. Thank you. Amen. When we don't have the words to say, who speaks for us? The Holy Spirit. Jesus speaks for us. And and that's the faith that we must have. Thank you, young lady. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken unto now. Then Eli answered, she ministered to Eli. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel Grant you petitions which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate. She had done business with the Lord, and her face was no longer sad. I wrote a note right there. It says, A time of offering herself to God. It was that type of time, it was that special time. I'll finish up in 19 and 20. I, I want you to pay attention to this right here. Then they rose early in the morning. Check that out. For morning devotions. A very important time for our lives, guys. Morning devotions. I, I, when, when the boys were small, I, I, I was a UPS driver, and uh, they knew where I was at before they woke up because when they woke up, there was no more quiet in the house. So morning devotion was needed in our homes. And, and so I just disciplined myself uh, to meet the Lord early. When they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to the house of Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord what remembered him. The Lord remembered those prayers of that sister. So it came to pass in the process of time, notice it didn't happen overnight, 
And Hannah conceived and bore a son, called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. And the Lord says, Asked. Asked. And he'll listen to our prayers. I'll read these uh, backups. I, I call them backups to, to asking the Lord. And you don't have to turn. I'll, I'll get them for you. But does Pastor Sean like ba- pages to turn? Like, you know, the, is he into that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's turn to it. Psalm thirty-four, seventeen. Remember, the Lord has answered prayer to a family uh, of a lady that was in just uh, just the need of the Lord coming by her side. Psalm thirty-four, seventeen. Can I read it? The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Let's just say everything that we heard discussed today, uh, our announcements, uh, some of the tragic prayer requests that we heard. That's a word of encouragement that you can give to someone on the street anytime you want. The righteous cry out. And the Lord hears. The Lord hears our, our cries, guys. Let's move over to Jeremiah 33 3. One of my favorite. Call to me. Me being capitalized. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The word of God says, call on me. Not call on my friends. (laughs) Not go down and uh, speak to somebody that doesn't know the Lord. He says, call on me. And then finally, in John, the book of John, chapter 9, Verse 31. He says two things here. Now as we know, now we know that God does not hear sinners. That's established. He does not hear the sinner. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Unanswered prayer, if you don't believe, if you're obedient, you're worshipers, God hears our prayers. That's just the way it's going to be. I, I, I remember, I have my, my older sisters, I had a brother-in-law uh, he, he was never a believer. And my mother would always uh, speak to him you know, about the Lord. And he would always say, pray for me, Mom, so I could go get a lottery ticket. You know, he, he would just mock Mom, you know. He, he was just like, as serious as Mom was about him in, in eternity, he would just always associate God with giving him something. And, and, and that's what the, the Lord is saying. I'm, I'm not going to honor your prayers when they're personal like that, 
when the self is like that. But when you speak for God's glory, when, when you say, Lord, uh, pray for white flag today. God hears our prayer. Pray for the community that comes in to the food pantry. Be ready when, when Jody and Kurt are ministering to those people. Lord, touch our Bible study for the men on Wednesdays. Lord, provide the men to go to uh, the men's retreat, the women's retreat. It's that kind of prayers that the, the Lord will hear because it's for his glory. Amen? Amen. We're going to stay in the... Uh, going to stay in the New Testament. And uh, I have a note here uh, that devotion and prayer is so important. And, and let's look at Mark 1, 35 and 37. The book of Mark. This few verses, they kind of capture my heart because uh, it just shows us uh, the importance of of devotion for our church. And, and Jesus is the example. Devotion and prayer is so important in reclaiming our legacy of prayer. I'll read. Now in the morning, again, mornings are important unless you're working midnights. You want to come home and get some sleep. I understand that. Having risen a long while before daylight, this is Jesus. He's getting up before the sun comes up. He, Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus is an example to us right here. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. They couldn't find him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. That's that devotion that we're talking about, guys. Your, your private time with the Lord. I encourage you to have that, that, that time when, uh, if you're married, uh, and you come back and your wife says, where were you? I was praying. You come back, your husband says, where were you? Your wife says, I, I was praying. It's just a time of getting away and spending time with the Lord. You'd be surprised uh, what that, uh, that special time with the Lord to do, especially when we begin our days. Uh, in Job, you don't have to turn there, but uh, in Job 1, he's talking about Job prayed regularly. He, he, he gave devotions to the Lord regularly for his sons and daughters every morning. He spoke over his children. Think about this. If we don't, are you going to put your hands, uh, your family's hands into somebody else to do it for you? I'd rather do it myself. Uh, when I was running the streets, Mom used to say, and, and I'd, I'd get whippings. I know some of y'all don't know what that is anymore. But I'd get burnt up for being, some, you know, being out there. Mom would light me up. And, and she'd say, I was like, you know, trying to make the cry so she would feel sorry for me and stop, you know. And she says, son, uh, I do it because I love you. She says, but if you go to jail, they're going to do it because it's their job. I understood that. I understood that right there. You know, and, and I would call my mother up 
uh, before she passed away, and I'd say, Mom, thanks for praying for me. Thanks for teaching me the things that you did. Uh, when I would be embarrassed when she would pray for me in front of my buddies, I, I would literally argue with Mom. Mom, don't do that in front of me. Please don't. But later on, I would say, Mom, thanks for being the mom that prayed for us when the other moms would mock you for being a woman of God. And that's where we are right now, guys. Let's finish up. Mark 9, 14 to 29. We'll just look at this right here. Mark 9, 14 to 29. And Jesus has uh, just come down off the mountain. And, and they're fresh, full of spirit. And they come down, verse 14, and when he came down to, to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and scribes were disputing with them. That was the time to start praying right there, the rest of the disciples that didn't go up to the mount. Immediately, and Mark uses that word a lot, when they saw him, him meaning Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and, and, and running to him greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? As if he didn't know. Jesus knew what was going on. Then one, one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I have brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And where, whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gashes his feet, becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples. He came to the disciples, guys, who have been sent out to, 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 to deal with this type of spirit. They have already been sent out to do this. I, I spoke to your disciples uh, that they should cast it out, but they could not. So there's a problem. And he answered him and said, Faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Hey, guys, let's just stop right there. The enemy is serious about taking us out. You know, I, it just prompted me to tell you uh, for years, when, when I went to college, I, I had a problem with uh, smoking, finding the best marijuana that I could locate. Okay. I mean, to the point where uh, my hands were burnt from holding a joint. Can I be real with you for a moment? Sure. Burnt, literally. I smelled of weed coming and going. Uh, I was a mess. And so when the Lord delivered me, I, I remember I was coming from a Christian basketball tournament. I'd been playing ball with other Christians, still getting loaded coming from a Christian basketball tournament, and I happened to be on I-70 going home, and I looked in the rearview mirror, and I noticed my eyes were blood red. And I said, Lord, I can't go like this anymore. I, I know, I, it, it had to be the Lord, guys, because I had been promising myself that this is the way I would quit. I would say, Lord, uh, I'm going to stop smoking for two weeks. And I would literally, I would have my stash of weed and I'd throw it in the garbage. The garbage man came on Wednesdays. Before Wednesdays, 
was there, I would have the weed out of the garbage. That, that's kind of bad, wouldn't you think? I mean, that was me, though. That was me 30 years ago with a family. I would hold back literally from my family so that I'd have enough weed to get me through the week. I was working and smoking. What confuses me today is that today we have people under the same circumstances that it's legal for them to go and get weed now. And I know that they feel like me. And that's another tool of the enemy to take them out. And if they're living any kind of way that I was living, then Lord have mercy upon them. So another reason to pray, guys. Another reason to be a witness. And, and you know, if, if, if you have a problem with it, I, I was a secret smoker. I thought I was. Until my little boy noticed one day, I would, uh, we were living right in the city of Denver, and he would, I would walk him for two or three blocks just to get him tired so he'd have a nap. And uh, <clears throat> one time he saw me lighten up. But he didn't know I was smoking. But he stopped me and he says, Dad, why are you playing with matches? <laughs> and I knew, that's when I knew how closely he was watching his dad. And it had to be a change in my life. It had to be a change in my life. And, and that was one of the reasons why I, I had to give it all. I was too weak to, ch- to try to stop on my own, guys. And a lot of times, uh, you might, there may be somebody here that needed to hear what I just told you. Uh, ask the Lord to deliver you from that right there. I don't care what the law says. Ask the Lord to deliver you because uh, it'll take you out. It'll take you out. So he asked his father how long it had been happening to him. We were talking about just being under the, uh, the hammer of opposition, and he said from childhood. And often he was thrown, he had thrown both him, both into the fire. That's how much control the, the enemy had over him. That's how I got on there, because he had that much control over me. But if you can do anything, this is so important, have compassion on us and help us. That's our prayer. Uh, and and when we face opposition, when we face opposition in our church, we invite the Lord back into our churches and into our hearts and then say, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, so sweet, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. That's ministry to us, guys. Immediately the father of the child cried out and the Lord and said with tears, there's those tears again, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. There's going to come a time when we hit the wall, uh, when our prayers are just going to need that extra push. Lord, I, I believe in you, but there's something in the, in the bottom of my heart that is trying to make me doubt. Help my unbelief. It's okay to ask that, to faithfully ask that. When Jesus saw the people, saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirits, saying, He's speaking to the enemy. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, 
and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, I like this, because this is us. His disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Remember, guys, he had sent the disciples out to do this right here. And we ran into an opposition, Lord, and what, what happened? We had so much power three days ago. Remember that, Lord? Why couldn't we deal with that? And this is his answer. So he said to them, this kind, of, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. I, I, I have notes on that right there. I just want to give it to you regarding how we should approach the hard things in our lives. It says, be ready and maintain our lives with prayer and fasting. And sometimes, like for me today, on Sundays, when, when, I, when, when I'm at church, as of right now, uh, for me it was water and prayer. I, 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 I just, it's, it's hard to, to ingest anything but God's word, because you never know uh, who may be put on your pathway. You, you never know what kind of prayer that you might uh, have to pray for someone. And, and so he's saying, be ready. Because you never know when a serious problem will present itself in our lives, in our families, or our fellowships. So be willing uh, to, to sacrifice uh, a breakfast. Just to say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. Until after we close the doors of the church. But that's, what, that's why uh, they, they relaxed. Let me say it like that. We never know who God may put in front of us, much like the disciples who couldn't, uh, who couldn't heal the man's son. God wants to use each of us. I, I closed with this. I, I have some wonderful memories of prayer in this fellowship. I, I know what kind of church this is. And, and again, guys, if you saw the hands that went up when it was the Denver campus, you would understand that God has his hand on this church. He has his hand on this church. You're part of this church. He's waiting on you to ask, Lord, what should I do next? How, do, how should I pray? You know, uh, and I think it's Luke 11, 1. I won't go there. I know it by heart. He says, the disciples had noticed Jesus praying and and. He, the disciples asked, Lord, teach me how to pray like you. And, and, and that's our prayer every day. We, we don't have a set way to pray. I don't want a set way to pray. Today, I may have to pray for my brother in front of me. Tomorrow, I might have to pray for Kirk and Deb. The next day, I might have to pray for Pastor Sean and his family. I, I may have to pray for White Flag a, a different way. So, Lord... Teach me how to pray, how to address the issues that you give me today. And he will. Let's close in prayer, guys. Heavenly Father, uh, I just thank you, Lord. Uh, I, I thank you for all things, Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you for moving us out the way and uh, speaking through us, Lord. I thank you for uh, the service and uh, a special uh, fellowship, Heavenly Father, that you 
are building on a piece of your rock, Heavenly Father. Lord, we, we thank you that you brought Pastor Sean through surgery and is up on his feet, Lord. Lord, uh, we pray for Julie, Heavenly Father. She wasn't feeling too good today. We pray for Norm as he is on the road today, Lord. We pray for Kurt, Heavenly Father, and Deb, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray for this, this, this special uh, fellowship, Heavenly Father. And, and Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that, that one verse, Heavenly Father, should change a life today, Lord. Lord, I pray for young uh, Ashley, Heavenly Father, and ask that you'd open up a door. But sometimes we are. Uh, you want a door to be open that man cannot open. Pray for marriages in our, our congregation. Uh, we pray for the orders, the marching orders of uh, Brad and Rachel. Lord, we pray for the position that you put this church in, Lord. And Lord, would you show them your glory? Lord, uh, your word says that you do things that man cannot comprehend. So we ask that uh, you would touch our hearts, Lord. And uh, if you've given us things to do and pray about, Lord, then uh, Lord, help us to do an about face, Heavenly Father, that we would go back and visit your word, Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you uh, for your goodness and for your mercy. Uh, Lord, before I close, guys, uh, I know that we're all members of this church, but it would, I would not do our Lord justice if there's anyone that needed uh, to do business with the Lord. And you have the freedom right now to, to raise your hand and we'll, we'll pray for you. We honor that you're among brothers and sisters. Uh, I just wanted to leave that uh, invitation uh, before I closed. Uh, when we, our last day of prayer and fasting, we made that announcement that we didn't want to get in the car and a lot of enemies say, I, I ripped you off again, didn't I? I? I know that you needed prayer, but I talked you out of it. I, I know that you needed to do business with me, but... Uh, Regretfully, uh, you didn't get a chance to have people uh, put their hands upon you and pray. 